Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello, Spirit School. How are you all doing? How is your October going? Of course, we are in a Scorpio season by the time you listen to this. I love Scorpio season. I love it. My little girl is a Scorpio. She is an absolute queen. I am a Scorpio rising. I think, I have to say, I've been having some really strong fears that my mom has my birth time wrong. And if she has it wrong by even four minutes... I may not be Scorpio rising, but there's no way to find out. I've looked into it. So I'm leaning into, I am a Scorpio rising. (laughs) It resonates with me a lot. I love Scorpio season. And funny enough, my son was supposed to be a Scorpio, but he came a month early and he ended up being a little Libra dude. So here we are in Scorpio season. This is going to be an interesting one. So in my membership, the Spirit School Collective, of course, I have a community called Spirit School, which is free. Link down below if you want to join. We're actually going to do some fun stuff in November and December. We're going to be doing a five-day workshop series on the confident light worker. So building your confidence as a light worker. This is for anyone, even if you aren't out there practicing your gifts. And then in December, we're going to do Angel Week. So we've already done Spirit Guide Week and Sit in the Power Week. This is all free. This is all in the free space. And then with the collective is my membership I've had for, I think like 27 months now I've had it. It's got almost 100 people in it and it's absolutely incredible. And this is where the folks that join in that space get to hang out with me weekly. We do practice sessions, different classes, Q&As, and then also a more intimate container where they get access to me and to each other, which is mostly what the community is about. So today's actually spun off of a question that was posed in the Q&A, which is happening here in a couple hours. And it is related to business, business Q&A. So I love spiritual entrepreneurship. I will likely not be running The Calling again, which is my entrepreneurship program. I'm going to have to think about a different way that I'm going to teach business because I love it. I love teaching business and I love business as a whole. It's very creative for me. It's a lot of fun for me. It keeps things like really interesting for me. I'm somebody who really thrives off of a lot of changes and keeping things really fresh, which is also why I love the membership because I change the format all the time. And so like right now we're meeting weekly, but things change all the time in that space. Today's question came through this Q&A. And then when I read you the question, it might sound like I'm trying to like brag or anything like that. Hopefully you guys have been listening long enough to know that that's not my jam. That's not my go-to, but I do feel very passionate about talking about this topic and this conversation because I've kind of reached a point in my career and in my experience where I have felt pretty hurt a lot in what I am doing. And I think that what people see 
And what I let people see is the side of my business that is very glowy. It's very successful. I'm not afraid to say that. You know, I launched my retreat in my membership. I have 32 spots, 19 filled already. And I have over 200 people on the wait list for any spare spots. There are a lot of metrics within my business that you could definitely say it's very successful. And I do think that there's a lot of reasons for that. Of course, I also want to give you the disclaimer that I'm nine years in to my journey. So what we have today as a business under Spirit School and Squamish Medium is nine years in its evolution. So that's a while. That's almost a decade. That's a long time. So let me first and foremost say that, but there is a lot that goes on behind the scenes that is not that great. I'll be honest with you, I've been thinking a lot about this, about the dichotomy that we're always coexisting in, how in some areas things are going so well, possibly even better than they have ever gone before. And then on the other side of the coin in our lives, there are some things that we struggle with and We just can't catch a break on and cycles keep repeating and these patterns keep coming up. And it's always interesting for me how well things can be going in one area and not so much in the other. And the same is very true in business. So yes, you know, I've had so much and you heard me, maybe it was two episodes ago, share the experience about how I'm going to be having a physical school, like a location, spear school in Squamish, Waterfront. She's going to happen. I don't have it secured yet. (laughs) We're in very early stages of negotiation. But I don't have a doubt that the magic that has unfolded will keep me from having this space and creating Spirit School and the long-term vision I've had for Spirit School. Of course, this podcast is almost four years old already. Can you believe it? And then on the other side, I've been slighted quite a few times in the past few weeks. I've been called names. I've had people bail on their commitments with me. I've been like wildly offended by certain things that have happened as well. And these are things that kind of happen in the undercurrents of the business and holding space for hundreds of people at one time and running a program and a membership and a free community and a podcast and Instagram account and a newsletter and a team of four now, we're four of us here at Spirit School. It's a lot. And I think that people may think it's not a lot and that I might make it look really easy. I actually had that comment yesterday. Somebody said to me, you make it look so easy. I'm like, do I? Because it's not easy. So maybe I need to talk a little bit more about the specifics of like what isn't necessarily going easy. I don't know. We'll see. We'll have the conversation today. I'm sure I'll get a lot of feedback on what you guys are interested in hearing more about. But, you know, I have to say too that without my team, without Andrea, Concrete Crystals, and Danielle, Beautiful Intuitive, who's currently on maternity leave, and Christy Pike, Soulful Branding, has been with me since absolutely day one. Without them, I absolutely could not do everything that I do. So let me just give a shout out to them first and foremost, because without them, I would not have Spirit School. I would probably still have a podcast and be doing readings, maybe smaller programs, but I wouldn't have the membership. I wouldn't be able to bring in so many people into my larger programs. I couldn't do it all because there's just too much to do behind the scenes. Even just staying on top of messages is a full-time job in itself between Facebook. I don't even answer Facebook messages, so please don't message me on Facebook, personal or business. I just can't. But you know, Instagram and then all the stuff that's happening in the Spirit School platform as well. This is going to bring up a little bit of the shadow side of spiritual entrepreneurship. I'm going to get into why I do what I do and how I do it and the real intention behind 
why I have the collective and why I show up the way that I do. So hopefully this doesn't scare a lot of people off because I still think spiritual entrepreneurship is the best thing in the world. Actually, I was just talking to a client on Voxer. I have a few one-on-one clients and she was saying, yeah, I just kind of figured that when you hop on your path and you found your purpose, that everything comes really easily. And I'm like, oh no, (laughs) the bigger the reward, the bigger the payoff, like the bigger the problems too. They seem to really be running in parallel with one another, let me tell you. But no, it's not easy. But because it is so beautiful and it's so joyful and it fills you with purpose and energy, it's worth it every time. It's kind of like having kids, you know? They are hard work having kids. Maybe there's some moms cringing right now. I can't believe she just said that, but honestly, it could be really hard being a mom. It's a very thankless job (laughs) and you don't get a lot of praise. Like when I'm about to read you, there's a lot of praise attached to that. It makes it very worthwhile and easy to prioritize, but you know, kids are so worth it. I mean, My God, it's like walking on eggshells half the time because you don't know what you're going to wake up to every day with young ones. But every night when you watch them sleep and they're so peaceful and they're growing and they're learning and they're thriving, it's so satisfying. So a business is very much the same. You know, there are a lot of people who compare business to being parents. It's like your baby. You'll hear that quite a bit too. All right, so let's move on with it. So I got this question that says, I consider you successful as a business sister. You speak and do of a lot of things that are very generous, and I know deeply you are a giving soul. How has that generosity of yourself healing sister wounds by supporting other women in their businesses impacted you? And what is the return of spiritual energy for you? Because you know you are very unlike other entrepreneurs, there is so much self-promotion and marketing that I see on social media, and instead you are including others in your promotion. I feel it's an aspect of you that has come from healing. I wonder if there's an awakening or an origin story in that mentally, which I greatly admire. Okay, so she's talking about how on my Instagram, I'm always sharing my students, you know, like there was a whole bunch of the people in the collective collaborating on different projects and classes and demonstrations. And I did a whole series where I would promote them. And then same with, you know, one of my students gifted me this beautiful collage and I posted it. I'm very giving with my audience. Lynn Tuckneys, who was on this podcast, she was able to go full-time, guys, full-time, because I share her. And it's not just because of me, but even I was talking to her yesterday, and she was like, this is thanks to you. (laughs) So she does kind of credit it to me sharing her. I actually contract quite a bit because I don't like talking about myself in this way, and it's very hard for me to talk about myself in this way. It's 11-11 as I'm looking at the clock. So I'm just going to keep moving forward. But just know it is hard for me to have those strings of words come out. I really contract. I'm still working really hard on my healing of seeing myself like you guys see me, though I am getting a whole lot better, a whole lot better at this, okay? I promise. So that's how come she's saying what she does. And then also I have other mediums come co-teach in the collective. And, you know, I interview other people in the same space. Like that's not terribly common in our sphere. So here's the truth about the origin story around all this. Now I could go way back, but I'm going to start in the beginning of my journey with mediumship. I personally have never experienced the same generosity that I give other people, ever. I have never been shouted out. I have never had a guest that has a big platform share that they were on my podcast. 
with their audience. Every time a TV series or a podcast or in a magazine, I've had all three of those in the past couple of years come forward to offer me opportunities. They have never panned out. Actually, in fact, they have ghosted me. Ultimate diss. Won't even acknowledge receipt of messages type thing. So I say this a lot, and this is just like a case point example of why I do what I do, but I always create what I wish I had had. What I have created with the Spirit School platform, and in particular, the Spirit School Collective, my membership, is an ecosystem of mutual support, of not threatening one another, of not being threatened by one another, of watching others do amazing without feeling threatened of your own gifts. I create a space that is non-competitive and that is supportive. And the reason is because I've never had that. And I have always yearn for it. And I actually didn't even know that it was possible until I started teaching classes online and realizing like, wow, I actually have like this gift of building community and these people like all really love each other. And just the way that I show up, the way that I teach, the way that I share experiences gives other people permission to be as vulnerable and share their experiences and then see that we're actually more alike than not right? So in truth, coming up as a medium, I don't want to call out names or anything like that. That's where this really gets really tricky for me because I have done a lot of healing around this because I did carry a lot of resentment in my heart for a very long time around all of this. And I never really saw people that I admired collaborate and actually experienced very opposite of that. And that's all I'll say around that. But there was never this atmosphere of bringing each other up and really kind of supporting one another that I personally experienced. Now that might be out there if you're listening to this and you're very fortunate if you did end up landing in a space like that, but I personally never did. So therefore, the return of spiritual energy that I get is for some reason in my whole career, I have always had a long-term vision. I've never had a what's next vision. When I sit down and I visualize what the future is for myself, I see myself in my 50s and 60s. I've never seen myself in my 30s and 40s. So I've always had this incredibly long-term vision. Luscious Hustle, who are dear friends of mine, love their podcast. If you love human design, go check them out. They actually reflected this back to me a couple weeks ago. And like, I didn't even ask for a compliment of any kind, but they just basically said, you've always had your vision on legacy. And I thought that that was like a really interesting reflection for somebody only you know, sees me in my business a little bit, but I'm like, you're right. I have always had such a long-term vision. And so when I'm creating a space for people coming up in their spiritual gifts to be in community with other humans and feel supported and feel not threatened by one another and feel like you are safe to expand and muck things up and course correct and pivot and try again and grow and expand and try to reach that next level. Like when you have a space that you can thrive in like that, guess what's going to happen? One day you're going to fly away from my nest and go create your own communities and hopefully model some of that same energy that you thrived in when you go off on your own. Now that's not always the case because we don't change that much as humans, right? But my hope and the energetic exchange is that the mediumship space, that the psychic space, the lightworking space 
becomes one that is reciprocally generous because that's the one thing that I have seen really lacking in this space is reciprocity. And reciprocity is actually one of my core values, but that is what I have seen lack so much in this field and in this work is just general reciprocity. And I will tell you, it's ended some of my friendships. So where do I want to go from here? How deep do I want to go today? Because there's tens of thousands of you that listen now. (laughs) And so, you know, I don't like talking about some of the more negative things, but I'll just say it like this. In my position with this podcast and with my community and with my audience, not only do I have a large audience now, but I have a very engaged audience. A lot of people with large audiences don't have that. They don't have the same level of people signing up for the programs that I have or in my membership or on my wait list, et cetera, et cetera. So there's something about the openness and the way that I speak and the way that I share that people are really drawn to and maybe have been waiting for for a little while. I will tell you that people who are not of the same mindset will just see that and want to take it and ride it and then discard it. And that's what I have experienced in my position constantly. That has taken a lot of healing for me because in the beginning, it was very much, oh my God, they didn't like me. They don't think that I am a peer. There's a lot of not enoughness within me. The deficit was always within me in the beginning when this all started happening. And this started happening with my first mentor, by the way. The podcast has made it blatantly obvious, and I do have Chiron in my seventh house of one-on-one relationship in Taurus, so all you astrologers out there are like, yeah, okay, this is probably astrological. I was kind of abused by my first mentor, and I'm just going to say it as it comes, and they might be shocked to ever hear that, and I'm sure that they will one day, and this is not meant to hurt anyone. But I didn't realize how taken advantage of I was until my husband noticed it. Now, keep in mind, my husband, he doesn't get all up in my business. He minds his own business and he just kind of lets me do my thing. He does his thing and we come together as parents. (laughs) and We come together as husband and wife and that's pretty much it. He watched us interact one day and he had a lot of red flags and he said, she's using you. I was like, no, she loves me. No, she's using you. I'm like, keep an eye on that. And then he had my mom talk to me. And my mom's like, I've seen this from the very beginning. Of course she's using you. Like, look what you do for this person. Like you do everything for them. And then, you know, I just get discarded. I'll leave that there. And then we come along into being in a place of influence. And what I have found happen time and 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 time again has been bigger names want to be on my podcast. And then they come on. And then they leave and never talk to me again and don't even share that they're on the podcast. And I've had that happen quite a bit. And at the beginning, I was like, whatever, there are bigger names than me. What do I care? (laughs) You know, thank you for coming on. But then it started happening all the time where I just started feeling like a little bit used. There was a very recent experience. And I have to say that this is my last straw. Things will really change after this experience because it was rude. And yeah, I will probably regret talking about this one day, but I'm going to put it out there because I want you guys to see the other side. (laughs) And that's why I'm posting this. And I swear that this will loop into why I do 
what I do and why I refuse to have these types of things define me and change me. It just reaffirms for me even more of who I am, what I'm doing here, and why I do what I do, how I do it, okay? So I reached out to somebody who I'd admired for a long time. We had something in common. I reached out on that commonality and I said, would you be interested in a podcast trade? They wrote back within a few minutes. Yes. Oh my God, yes. But can I come on yours like right away? Because I have a book deal in the works and I need metrics for my manager. And then if I interview you on my podcast, it won't air till next year because I record six months out. Fine. Perfect. Now, this is someone who I know you either love or don't, right? Just for certain reasons, which if you know who I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. And for those of you who don't know, I'm so sorry to talk in code. (laughs) So I worked really, really, really hard on this episode because I also knew just based off of waivers and contracts I had assigned to get on their podcast that they have certain beliefs that are a little bit different than mine. So I don't care about that. I'm happy to have very different beliefs with somebody. And I worked extra hard on this podcast interview to make sure that our conversation was very interesting and that they came across as multidimensional, not just focused on one thing, not just doing saying the same things over and over again, really adding texture and adding color to the interview because I knew it was going to be like a little bit of a struggle. And I think I accomplished that and the podcast did very well. I got a ton of feedback on it and a lot of people saying, oh my God, I love them. They're amazing. I'm like, perfect. Awesome. I love that. And that's exactly why I want to have interesting people on my podcast. So then it comes time to be on their podcast. I haven't even talked to my assistant about this. She'll probably hear it before she starts editing this, but things really switched. I was doing the interview. They didn't want to introduce me. They didn't want to give any context to who I was. It was just share your first story. Okay, so we're diving right in. I share a couple stories. They could not look less interested. They pick up their phone and they start scrolling their phone during the podcast interview. After about 10 minutes of having me just say nothing but my stories, they say, you know what? I have to go. I'm going to reschedule this and I'll get right back to you. And never heard from them again, ever. I wrote Christian, you know, country clairvoyant. I hope you guys liked his interview. I know that he does talk a lot more than me in that one. And I talk a lot, but he's a good person. And I will take good people over popular people any day of the week. And I reached out to him and said, why are people such assholes? And he said, because they're human. What happened? And I told him what happened. And he just messaged me back saying, wow, that is so typical. (laughs) I'm like, it is typical, isn't it? Like, how could I avoid, like, I live in such a la-la land in spirit school because I create the space that that is not the typical, that is not the norm. That type of move is not normal in spirit school, but it is out there. And funny enough, I wasn't hurt by that situation for a while because right after that person hung up, I had that text from the realtor saying they can get me into spirit school the next day. I'm calling it spirit school because it's mine. And so the rest of my week was magic after that and it didn't bother me. But then as things started to settle, I was like, yeah, that's just rude. (laughs) Like, that's just rude. It made me kind of like, look at this. So this question came up at a really good time because I have been really unpacking my experience with mutuals in this space. And it's exactly like my mentor and her mutuals. Whether it's competitive, I don't know what you want to call it, or just like seeing each other as like a threat, or I don't know what it is. I can make all the assumptions I want. 
All I know is I don't really have that. I do know that like I've had people on who have launched very similar things to me. And I knew sharing them with my audience meant that my audience would go work with them. And I had to come to terms with that and accept that. So that doesn't mean I'm not going to share them. It's just like, okay, some people might choose their program over mine, whatever. You know, the funny thing is even as I heal through that, there were a few people specifically I could name off the top of my head even that did sign up for the other person's program instead of mine, but they did mine after, right? So I don't have scarcity in this work because I have seen it with my own eyes. When I have chosen to do what I think was ethical, which was share an amazing person with my audience who trusts me, despite the fact that I very well could lose a few clients over it and did it anyways, it came back to me full circle. Like what is mine will not pass me. And I do absolutely believe that. I'm going to assume Because it's the only thing that makes sense to me and based off of what I've experienced with some of my previous mentors is that people do fear sharing other people with their audiences. Like, oh, they sound like they know what they're talking about. Oh, they're actually my peer. Oh, I don't think I can risk this. So I'm not saying that that's what happened. I'm just making that assumption because it helps me sleep at night. And I don't know. I think I'm right in that, but I could be wrong. I'm open to being wrong. That is the norm out there. And so why do I have spirit school the way I have it? And why do I continue to promote my students and my peers? And why do I make spirit school more than about me? Why did I not name spirit school after me? (laughs) You know, it's not about me. I've always had a bigger vision in changing the space of lightworking and of mediumship. So the people who are in my membership don't act like that. And the people who do have left, it's not an energetic match for them. And I can name them off the top of my head as well. I think that I'm here to be part of a shift in this space. I've been hurt so many times and I have yet to have a truly reciprocal experience with a mutual, with a peer. I also get the feeling that I'm meant to create what I'm creating on my own without a leg up, without a helping hand. Now, I have received a grant before, but I have never had, like you've seen people's like careers take off from a podcast or TV show or like an interview or a magazine spread or anything. And I've never had that. And I always get the sense that everything I have right now is completely self-made. 100% of it is self-made. Of course, like with you guys, I mean, I would have nothing without an audience and without people who trust me enough to work with me or be in my spaces. So it's actually co-created what I have with Spirit School because of all of you. But I just feel like I'm meant to be self-made. So I'm just going to assume life with that moving forward and try to not have expectations because a lot of this too is just like being blindsided by people not holding up their end, (laughs) which I have no control over. So maybe I have to stop expecting that other people out there are like me. And maybe I am a little bit more of the rarity, but if I'm in a position of influence and I have a hundred people who invest monthly to hang out with me and listen to me and learn from me, then I think that I have really important work to do so that the people who study under me 
get a different experience out there than I had and my mentor had. And I don't know how things were the generation before that. I really don't. But I do know what my mentor's experiences were and I know what mine are. And I know that I desire my children and the people who are coming up after me to have a much more collaborative experience because this is a lonely path. And I have never experienced what my clients have experienced, but I get to experience joy knowing that I am almost the creator of that space, if you will, and that other people get those type of experiences in my spaces. And I think that I may not see the ripple effect of what that really creates over the course of time in my lifetime, but I'm okay with that too. I just feel like the trade I get for it, the return I get from it is questions like this. It's the fact that you see it. It's the fact that you see that it's different and that you could choose as a light worker moving forward what approach you're going to take as a teacher how you're going to use your influence with your audience. So is it healing? Yeah, but it's kind of healing on the go. You know, she made a comment here saying, you know, I just get the sense that this has been an aspect of the healing that you've had. And yeah, but I'm healing on the go. I'm not healed. I still get heartbroken. I still feel like the worthiness questions come up, but they have less of an influence on me and they have less impact on me as time goes on. And the more that I experience this, to be honest with you, it drives me to do things differently. And I think too, with that drive, I have to say, I've always had that drive. I grew up very poor. And I'm sorry if my parents are listening because I want them to know too, I had a great childhood. You know what I mean? Like I did, and I didn't actually realize what we didn't have until I got older. But even as a young kid, I knew that if I wanted the new LA light shoes that light up, now those were revolutionary in the early 90s, I would have to pay for it myself. And that didn't deter me. I was like, fine, I'll go make some money. And I would, I would go knock on doors and I would go wash people's car. I would bake brownies and go sell them. <laughs> you know, like this is obviously, I think when the world was a lot more oblivious to the lack of safety in the world, because I don't think we're any safer today than we were back then. But I would literally go out there and make my own magic. If I wanted shoes, I was going to pay for those shoes. I have always been like that. I have, and that's just something I was born with. So whether that's my Scorpio rising, whether that's my cosmic makeup, whether that's what the creator needed to put in me because they knew what work they were gonna have me do, I don't know, but I've always had that drive. And anytime I have been faced with an adversary or anytime I have been faced with somebody who says you can't or you stay here because you're not worthy of going there, you know, I haven't gotten a lot of jobs because of ageism it made me want to work harder. So when things like this happen to me, what does it make me want to do? It makes me want to do the opposite. It makes me want to promote my clients even more. It makes me want to share the light even more. It makes me want to be a bigger driver of change in this space. That's all it does. And maybe that's why it keeps happening to me because it is a motivator for me to do things very differently. Now, keep in mind, it, I never call people out. Hopefully this doesn't even feel like a call out, to be honest with you, because that's not my jam and that's not my brand and that's not what I'm trying to do here. But what I am trying to do is really share with you the other side that you might not see. 
It has been one of the most expansive, abundant, beautiful, magical months of my life, but I've had an equal part of shit happen too. Okay? A lot. I've been called names. A lot has happened. I've told you all this, right? Just know that no matter which way you go in your life, no matter which path you choose, you're going to have the light and you're going to have the shadow. That's the experience that we signed up for. And that's kind of what we're doing here. But what are you going to do in the face of that shadow? And I think that that really can separate for you what will happen next. And I hope I'm making a lot of sense here. But it's like, you know, if you let that shadow swallow you up and carry you down with it, then there's not going to be a whole lot of change happening. But for me, I'm like, okay, shadow, we're going to thrive anyways. Why? Because I declare it so. You know, we talk about declarations before too. So that's just my personality. That's just the way I am. And yeah, hopefully this helps. And I will continue to be the mentor and I will continue to be the light worker that shares other people. Though this does make me not want to bring larger people onto my podcast anymore, I've kind of just come to terms. I'm just going to ask my friends to come on. I'm going to ask people who I think are good people to come on. And not just because they have larger audiences or it would be mutually beneficial. I'm just going to interview my friends and people that I know are good people. That's how I've always done it. And I'm going to continue doing it like that. And hopefully you guys continue to enjoy it. And if I could say one thing on that in closing, never lose yourself to vanity metrics, okay? Never lose yourself to people who have like larger audiences or claim to be making X amount of money or you know, I'm going to go on to this because they have so many followers or I'm going to sign up for their thing because they have like 85 posts. Some of the shoddiest things I've invested in had hundreds of testimonials to it. <laughs> and I'm like, how did you get all these? Like, what the what? So please just go with your gut. Listen to somebody. See what kind of resonance you have with them from that place. Okay. Just use your own internal guidance system on this. Okay. That's your light. That's your connection to source. Like, it's all inside of you. So really forego the vanity metrics, even within your own practices, you only have 100 followers. Awesome. Talk to those 100 people. Don't look for the next 100. Talk to the 100 that you have in front of you. Okay. Just stop chasing things that you think will be good for you because they look so pretty and good because you really don't know the shadowy side unless people talk about it. So that was a whole lot of blah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if Andrea ends up editing all that out. But this is what I felt like talking today. I hope you enjoyed it. The real snapshot into the not so pretty side of my spiritual business, and I'm sure many others. And I hope it helps you in decisions that you make moving forward and how you choose to show up in your own communities, your own relationships, your own circles. Thank you. Come into Spirit School anytime. Did you know that Spirit School is not just a podcast? It's an actual school. If you go to myspiritschool.com, you can invest in self-study courses, live programs, and of course, the Spirit School Collective, my baby, my monthly membership community. All Spirit School offerings are intended to get you feeling clear, confident, and connected to your spiritual path, your development journey, and of course, connected to other spiritual curious souls who are having similar experiences to you. I hope to see you in Spirit School.